Russian bots are known to do on Twitter. They show up randomly and then they start jumping. No, but I'm here every Thursday. That's the difference. Be, I'm here every Thursday. Fucking, so I'm, just, there's nothing random about this, bro. So check this out. Recently, there was a video online that I saw with a former musician that played with Stevie Wonder and he's sitting down and talking to Tank. And he said that Stevie Wonder has hands. I remember he got into an uh, argument with the drummer. And I don't know why, man, the drummer, by the way, Stevie, at those days, he's only a few years older than me, so he was young, he was built, ripped, buffed, his push-ups and the whole thing. And the drummer got an attitude and said, man, I'm tired of Stevie, put a blindfold on me, I'm gonna fight Stevie, I'm thinking, That's, this is not a good idea. The guy put the blindfold on him, and we put the blindfold on the drummer, and they gonna duke it out. And you should have seen the guy, the guy, man, is doing like this, he's trying to find Stevie, and every time he went, bam! I mean, it was like a just punch. I mean, straight punch. We just went on for a couple of minutes, and we we threw the towel. <laughs> you were like, you got to stop. Stevie, Stevie was killed him down. Oh, he Stevie was beating him down. I don't think he got one punch on Stevie. And every time he, bam, you know, yeah, because he can hear it's it. Heightened. And he, oh yeah, so and he heightened. was and he was hitting the guy so fast, I and mean, it was just like. This ain't no fight. This ain't a fear. Throw the toe in the towel. Throw in the towel. Like Rocky. Throw in the towel. Throw in the towel. Steve, Stevie's out on some Matt Murdock. Yeah, he's there. He's there. He's there. Fucking that is a daredevil. Yeah, that, that's spick right there. He was hearing this nigga breathe and he was catching him. Cow, cow, cow. That's all it takes. But, um, he's, but that was, he's, uh, he's, uh, people didn't want to mess with Stevie because Stevie at the time, if you guys remember Stevie during like the late 70s, early 80s, Stevie was ripped. Stevie was cut. And he said he was just laying in on the dude that finally the rest of the band was like Stevie you <laughs> throwing the damn towel <laughs> we can't see you beat this thing that's not hard that's not hard to believe though that's not hard to believe you said that's not hard to believe that's not hard to believe but it's, it's fucking amazing Stevie I mean, think, think, uh, think, about, think about where he grew up listen man I'm not gonna say I'm not this man you know why I think it's amazing if one of your senses is not as strong if one of your senses is not as strong and you don't have one, I believe that your others are heightened, right? So he has a superior, probably has a superior sense of smell, superior hearing, all those things. If you live in a world of darkness, you able to know where certain things is. So his fucking hearing and smell is probably like radar. So he know what this dude's cologne smells like. He know what this motherfucking breath smell like. So he actually, know exactly. I mean, listen. Actually, that's still very theoretical. I, I absolutely agree. I, I absolutely agree. Because I just got finished reading Daredevil 1, so I'm not sure if that's true or not. Okay. Oh, in the Marvel Universe, that's very real. Makes sense. Yes, your other senses are heightened. But for me, because I didn't grow up on Broad Street in the in, 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 in the and, 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 and Uncle schooled him on that shit. 
Listen, I didn't grow up in the hard streets of Philly, so I didn't go around beating. But you never seen you've never seen you a you never seen a blind person. I've seen blind people fight before. I like this it's not just a joke. Okay. Let's I'm not talking Matt Murdock, you asshole. Who are you? No, are you a young blind black boy? What? You know what I'm saying? I would do everything in my power to you make sure that boy can survive. This, this, Listen, man. Little L- blind kid named Stanley. He started the show and he's little just like, blind kid named Stanley. From the I'm telling you, when Grandpa got his ass beat by the blind, uh, by stink meaner or some shit. Like Stanley, that's what Stanley, had, Stanley had hands. Stanley was quick. What blind people have you seen fighting? And get- Listen, I just told you, bro. His name was Stanley. Stanley was 15 years old. Stanley had a thing that he would take the first punch. You could hit him with that first punch. But that first punch was a locator for him that all at that point in time he was going to do is get one hand on you and hold you. And if he can hold you, he can go to town. Stanley was that. I've seen blind people fight, dude. So, not, so, yeah. so, you know what? I was not the guy, by the way. You know what? <laughs> I'm not going to let you be that guy. Elgin is speaking from experience. No, 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 no. <laughs> If I ever got beat up by a blind person, I'm going to be chasing them down in the dark for the rest of the day. <laughs> okay, I promise you. Everywhere they go, I'm going to be walking behind them, tripping them, make sure they fall in traffic, Yo. all those things. Yo. Yeah, I hope you that guy. Absolutely. This shit would be crazy. This shit would be crazy. <laughs> all I keep imagining is Elgin fighting your <laughs> Nah, bro. Uh-oh. Elgin getting whooped by stick beater. With a cane. <laughs> yes! Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is Indeed. up? Back once again, it is the incredible in the black podcast and in case you weren't aware this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown-ass men who know not to test blind people oh yeah bro listen man y'all better leave blind and deaf people alone bro listen leave them blind people alone <laughs> i am your host big o mr in the black himself but you know i can never do this alone let me introduce the rest of my scene i team crush say what's Ooh. up What's good, everybody? Our ableism is thick up in this joint. Nick, I don't want to get Beyonce out this motherfucker. Ooh. I might have to cut that thing out before the show goes live. She better than me because I wouldn't have took shit out. Go ahead. Right. L, what? say what's up, man. What's up, man? I wouldn't have took a motherfucker thing out. What's spaz? The fuck out of here? That's a whole nother argument. If you are checking this out on YouTube, make sure you hit that red subscribe button so that you don't miss out on the next episode. Hit that blue thumbs up button it goes a long way helps to get our message out to other folks if you don't like the show you can hit the thumbs down twice it still helps us out we appreciate it make sure you follow us across social media at in the black pdcst on facebook twitter and on instagram but if you really want to be down you can join the family l tell these good folks how they can do that if they want to do that man. hey man head over to our website www.inthebladpdcst Dot com. Yeah, everybody knows dot com by this point in time. Do we gotta say dot com still? I'll say it for the slow folks in the back. Dot com on this particular site. Uh, God, 
why does this happen every time? <laughs> on yes. the website, man, you can click the Become Family tab. There's a number of things that you can do here. There's actually three wonderful things. You can buy some swag, high-quality merchandise. I need y'all to begin buying some of my hoodies because, you know, your ex, Denari, took that joint. You ain't never yeah. get it back. Hoodie season uh, right around the corner. Shout out to Tyrone. Go ahead and get your money, bruh, bruh. Uh, hey, you can donate directly to what we're doing here. You know, straight to Cash App, dollar sign in the black PDCST. But I really want you guys to become a member of, you know, one of our patrons, man. I mean, I highly encourage that, not because that money does help keep the lights on and pay for things here. I think it is really high level entertainment and high level conversation uh, from three highly intelligent black men who don't give a fuck if you like us or not. Uh, so nice. I think you really should become a patron, man. You will not be disappointed. Hit us Indeed. up. No doubt. Now, tonight's black box letter actually is in response to the breaking news that the FBI has decided to bring charges against three police officers involved in the murder of Breonna Taylor. Um, there are three officers, Detective Joshua Jaynes, uh, Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly, and Brett Hankinson. If you guys recall, Brett Hankinson was the only police officer at the time of the murder that was charged. And he was actually charged for wanton endangerment, where he shot, not because he shot and killed Breonna Taylor, but because he endangered, supposedly, her neighbors that were on the opposite side of the wall. And of course, he was not found guilty of that. And I want to remind folks, the Attorney General for Kentucky at the time, Daniel Cameron, a black skin folk, not kin folk, uh, decided not to file charges against any of the officers involved in this uh, in the murder of Miss Taylor. Um, Merrick Garland came out today and basically broke it down for why they are pushing forward with charges on these three officers. Earlier today, I spoke with the family of Brianna Taylor. This morning, they were informed that the Justice Department has charged four current and former Louisville Metro Police Department officers with federal crimes related to Ms. Taylor's death. Those alleged crimes include civil rights offenses, unlawful conspiracies, unconstitutional use of force, and obstruction offenses. These charges focus on the conduct of the Louisville Metro Police Department's Place-Based Investigations Unit. We allege that in early 2020, that unit was investigating suspected drug trafficking in the West End of Louisville. On March 12, 2020, officers from that unit sought five search warrants they claimed were related to the suspected drug trafficking. Four of those warrants targeted properties in the West End where that activity was allegedly occurring. A fifth search warrant was for Brianna Taylor's home, which was approximately 10 miles away from the West End. The federal charges announced today allege that members of the Place-Based Investigations Unit falsified the affidavit used to obtain the search warrant of Ms. Taylor's home, that this act violated federal civil rights laws and that those violations resulted in Ms. Taylor's death. We allege that the defendants knew the affidavit in support of that warrant contained false and misleading information and that it omitted material information. 
Among other things, the affidavit falsely claimed that officers had verified that the target of the alleged drug trafficking operation had received packages at Ms. Taylor's address. The initial warrant that was written up was based on a lie. What was that lie? The lie was the fact that they had gotten Brianna Taylor's ex-boyfriend an hour before they did the raid and said that a postal inspector confirmed that he was, was still right getting packages. Mm-hmm. He was still getting packages sent to her home. They used that evidence, a lie, to then get the warrant, found a, um, what do you want to call it, a lenient judge to green light the uh, the no-knock warrants. And then when the lie started to fall apart, they then allegedly conspired, two of the officers conspired, met in a garage somewhere to conspire and cover up the lie and found another lie to use to get them out of all of this trouble. I'm kind of torn because when we talk about incidents like these, the first thing we think about is justice and or victory. And it doesn't feel like a win for me yet outside of even that they're being indicted or being charged. And even if they do get the win, I don't know necessarily if I would feel like that's victory, but uh, I want to hear what you guys have to say. I don't think it means shit, actually. Uh, I think it's for the family. I guess for the family, it may be a win. I guess it depends on what their viewpoint is on victories and wins in these particular situations. But as someone whose family has experienced police terrorism, an indictment and arrest would not be justice for me and other members of my family. That that would not be enough. It would not be sufficient. I don't think it means much for black folks in general across America. Uh, it doesn't change shit because uh, all the while we're having this late ass uh, arrest from the DOJ, who has never been worth a damn. Uh, this late-ass rest. We also have, you know, the, the president that black folks went to war to get into office, who they, they hit the streets, they did everything possible to get into office, has turned around and pledged $13 billion to get 100,000 more police officers on the streets. So, all the while this type of stuff is happening they're making bigger moves to continue to have us in these horrendous situations this stuff hasn't stopped it won't stop but even without talking about it won't stopping won't stop it hasn't stopped we just talked about this not too long ago uh, recently we just saw the dude who killed uh tamir rice get a job he got a job in this little podunk it's it's not changing anything it it doesn't make a difference as a whole hopefully it brings some peace to her family 
I don't know. I don't want to speak from that standpoint because I think families speak differently from a perspective that the overall community doesn't fully speak with. It's a pain and a a loss that is larger than what the community has lost. So I'm not sure what the family feels, but for me, <clears throat> I don't think it's victory. I don't think it's a justice. I just think it's some uh, some race soldiers got arrested and we'll see what happens next. I know that the, the, the rallying cry since 2020 has been arrest the murderers of Breonna Taylor. So if if we're going to say that that we are closer to that or that we've achieved that i i guess but like you said whatever justice looks like for the family is what mm-hmm. i'm willing to to roll with crush your thoughts yeah i mean i agree um if the family feels this brings some sauce to the family it's so be it but i definitely do think the arrest uh, address any of the real problems, the real the real issues behind the culture that didn't allow you know, this horrendous thing to happen. Um, yeah, it changes nothing. And, uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's, it's something that it, you know, it makes me want. It didn't make me wonder if all the deferment and delay, you know, in the beginning was about this, was about the FBI getting themselves together, but. This to take this long to address something like this, you know, it's uh, the, the impact is, is is far lessened. It's almost a, in a sense an afterthought to something that was supposed to happen. Doesn't really change much. I mean, I I had mixed feelings when I saw it. When I, when I saw it, I'm like, this is happening now. Mm-hmm. I've I've thoughts about that, but I'm gonna I want to break down the story one more time in regards to how we got here, because I think the unfolding of all of this is extremely fascinating. To think what had to happen for them to finally be able to bring these guys to justice, not that on its face that this was egregious, that they just broke into someone's home unknowingly in the middle of the night fired shots blindly and, and struck and killed this woman and allowed her to bleed out and die <clears throat> did not get assistance for her until like i think 30 minutes after the fact right the detective this is how the process typically works the detective writes up a warrant the warrant is then taken to a supervisor a sergeant whomever who then basically has to cross the t's and dot the i's to say that <coughs> is valid right Mm-hmm. to make sure that all of the math is mathing, right? That there is indicia, as they call it, basically a marker to say that you found evidence that's necessary. Everything that's needed. Yep. To do that. That in turn then goes to a judge. <clears throat> and that judge will then say, okay, you have this evidence. Do you have indicia? Are all of these things valid and truthful? <clears throat> that's the key part. Truthful. That is the key part. Mm. Are all of these things valid and truthful? And the part that that got them is that they lied knowingly because the lie once again was that they had spoken to a postal inspector, essentially the police officers for the post office, and said that the police off the postal postal inspector said that they are he's still getting packages at his ex girlfriend's house. 
when they knew that it was a lie. And it wasn't until after everything was said and done that they questioned the postal inspector. And he was like, hey, nobody speak to me about none of that nonsense. And we never said that there he was still getting packages to the house. So then once again, the next part of this lie is that they had to collude in some garage somewhere, allegedly, to say that, okay, well, he said that we didn't really get the information from them. So what's going to be the next step? So the next step was to say, well, he flippantly said it and was just kind of joking that there were packages there, but we needed to do something to just head off the pass, essentially. I want you to look at that trail, not just the trail of lies, but the process. It literally seems like something that you would see on like Blue Bloods or Chicago PD. Or one of them trash ass shows, sure. Yeah, it yeah. seems like it is written for a show. The corrupt cop finally get their comeuppance after all of this. You would never presume that this type of thing would happen in real life. And then to, then to presume that it took all of that all of that to finally bring charges two years later and that's the part that frustrates me deeply because it wasn't even the loss of black life the taking the snatching of black life was not sufficient enough for them to be arrested it was the breaking and violating of white laws that ultimately led these motherfuckers to be arrested it wasn't black life it was the breaking of white laws that got these motherfuckers arrested and then i see so many of us and i and i i'm i'm not intentionally being harsh but i want us to begin to think on a broader scale that when we begin to cheer these moves by the DOJ as if this is the beginning of a bolder like response downhill that things are going to begin to change. I want you to understand that after just about all of these high profile police involved killings, the DOJ was involved somehow, some way with some type of investigation. The DOJ is another militarized police arm of the government. And it's just, I think we get so excited when we see these things. And I think we get excited because we're so hungry and desperate for different and change. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's been bad for so long that anytime that we see this, so I don't even get mad anymore. Like, I don't get mad when people look yeah. at these things as a victory. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, I dig it. So I'm going to let you go ahead and enjoy this. But all the while, as an organizer, I'm coming up behind you saying, okay, next this move. Not where it ends. Yep. It's this not where it ends. We, we got, we got yes, work sir. to do. So. Yes, sir. Because yes, this, sir. this is still happening. One of the other things that got me, though, <clears throat> is that it feels like they're trying to it feels like a, I don't want to say a mulligan, but it feels like they're trying to make up for something, right? Or prepare for something. Possible. No, I'll get to that in a second. I'm glad you said that because they got this dude Hankerson. Remember, I told you they were already brought him up on charges for a wanton endangerment. He beat the rap, and now they're catching him again. And what he's been apparently more details have come out about this about what this dude did said he got behind 
a glass window, knowing it leads into the home, could not see where he's firing because there were blinds in front of the window and just openly just started firing shots through that window into the home. Garland in his press statement said that he was being charged on multiple civil rights offenses. They had a majority of this evidence when he went to trial in Kentucky. These same civil rights offenses were there. What's different now than what was like, it's the same dude, the same situation, shooting through the same window, endangering the same people. What makes now different? That's my first question. Then my second question is this, and maybe I, I think I get too wrapped up and deep in the news and forgive me, man, but it feels like this is a ploy to me right why the timing now that garland is coming out and making this announcement so close to the midterms so close to a time when we need black bodies to show up at these polls so it's like hey we threw you guys a bone mm -hmm. see this is what happens when you put democrats in office to do these things you need more of us in office so that we can get the rights and maintain the rights that you guys have fought for i'm being very pessimistic and i know it but it burns in my gut and it, it burns me to think that this is the strategy from the administration or could be i should i should say could be a strategy from the administration in using this woman's death as a mechanism now don't I don't put it beneath any politician to do this type of type of stuff. It's not surprising, man. It's None not. of this shit is surprising, bro. I'm telling you. I can tell motherfuckers stories of police intimidation in communities to get people not to show up for trials, not to sh show up at, or sign witness affidavits. I can give you stories of police officers leaning on lawyers, leaning on lawyers' families, leaning on other police officers. Like this is not mm. some fairy tale TV type shit. This yep. is a whole collective of people who will do whatever they can to maintain their status quo. And that means sometimes some bodies have to fall. Yep. Shit is treacherous. It is. It is, man. And the system is built that way. I, one thing that we tend to forget, like we get wrapped up, and once again, we say it all the time, we get wrapped up in the whole mythos of police officers. But the primary job of police officers, they are trained from Drump Street to look for uh, illegalities, to look for criminality in any situation. I'm going to put you onto a little bit of game. One of the things that I've learned in my life is about once again indicia so when you're talking to a police officer police officer comes to your home you do not open the door and talk to the no. police officer from inside of your door because anything in plain view or sight he can use as criminality as a and reason to come in inside or to get a warrant or to fuck mm -hmm. up your life Mm -hmm. You step outside your house and you have that conversation and then it becomes an interview and not an interrogation because a police officer, if you open the door and are having this conversation and intend to close the door on the police officer because he doesn't have a warrant, he can't come in your home, the police officer has the right 
to put his foot in the drawer and keep the door open. He can say, I fear for my life. I don't know if you close the door before I'm ready to depart, that you're not going to get guns to come shoot up the place. They're always looking, always looking for criminality. So when you open your door and you're in your threshold and on your nightstand or in your doorway in the entryway, you've got a bottle of pills and the officer happens to see that. Man. So, oh well, yeah, he's, he's got motherfuckers for, like vampires, bro. Yep. He's got drugs for distribution. Don't ask me how I know. Don't give the motherfuckers permission. I'm telling you. Don't open up the door. I'm gonna send you that shit. I'm just saying, man, it, it's it's a like else I, I this is a perfect word. It's treacherous. It's just treacherous. And besides the fact that many of us don't know our what our rights are, even in those many situations, there are officers that not only trample all over your rights, but have a system that upholds them trampling all over mm-hmm. your rights. Mm-hmm. All right. Who wants to go next, man? Oh, man. Let, let me go ahead. Because uh, since we're going from talking about, you know, <laughs> trash police, we might as well talk about trash ass prisons. Uh, man, listen. I, again, I do a ton of community organizing, right? And one of the populations that I do a lot of work with are uh, our brothers and sisters who are behind the wall. And when I say behind the wall, that's typically meaning in your lingo, incarcerated or in jail, right? So lots of letter writing campaigns, uh, making sure they got money on their books, all, all that community type shit. So here in Pennsylvania, one of the things that we're constantly talking about as community organizers as the state and condition of county jails, right? And it's absolutely horrendous what is taking place in the county jails. So I was doing some 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 Googles because I wanted to have a article to back up what I was going to talk about. And I came across this particular one, and it says Pennsylvania County Jails are a death trap. Philadelphia, an unprecedented number of incarcerated people have died inside Pennsylvania's county jails in the last two years, and the staggering rate of death continues to increase. Allegheny and Philadelphia counties, which contain the state's two most populous cities, right? That's important. The two most populous cities are in Allegheny County and Philadelphia County. Allegheny County is Pittsburgh. Philadelphia County is Philadelphia. Have reported the number of deaths of dozens of people in county custody in recent years. And the story just goes on and on listing the number of people who have died within jails, man. And it was just so heartbreaking that I was like, man, I know we're going to touch on the Brittany Griner situation. I know we're going to touch on that. And I think, again, I think that is such a horrendous situation uh, that I want Brittany to be able to come home. But right here in our own country, underneath the red, white, and blue, you know, land of the free, home of the brave, we have people who are dying in jails. Now, I want people to be clear. There's a distinction between jails and prisons, right? 
We spent some time recently talking about Parchment Prison not having the air conditioning down in Mississippi. We heard the other story that Crush shared about the young women. We've had a number of stories talking about the horrendous conditions in prisons. We're talking about county jails. County jails are typically where people go when they're before they go to their big court hearing. So when you get arrested, you'll typically go sit in your local jail, right? You'll go see the judge. The judge determine whether you're going to get bond out or not. If you get bond out, your people got the money, you can afford a bail bondsman, all those things, you'll get a chance to go home and then you'll have a court date. Mm-hmm. And if you lose at that court date, then you'll go sure. to prison. But if you're not able to get bond out of a local jail, you will go and wait in county jail. County jails typically are completely overpopulated. They typically have the worst conditions. It's usually one big large room with a bunch of bunk bed style cots Mm -hmm. where you literally will have anywhere from 40 to 50 people in sweltering heat with various mental health issues, various traumas, various degrees of sexual identity. You have a absolute powder degrees of medical conditions as well, man. Medical conditions. You have a powder keg for the worst types of violence that you can think of to pop off. So it makes sense that it always does pop off, right? But these conditions, we're seeing people dying from simple lack of medical care and the fact that the infrastructure is not built. The jail infrastructure is not built for people to be healthy going in or healthy coming out. Mm. It's literally built as a holding pen. And that's exactly how they're treating these folks in these jails as nothing more than cattle. You know, now only and the only reason why I know this is because you, when you come from places where we come from, you know how these stories typically end up, right? Yeah. Why do you think the media doesn't talk about this at all? Why have we not seen any stories like this State. on the CNNs, the MSNBCs, and all that other stuff? State interference. State interference. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, there's no way. I mean that, 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 that would definitely have to be a part of it. I mean, this is a this is a clear sign of the further state of decay in America's infrastructure, down to, down to the Bureau of down or up to the Bureau of Prisons. Um, and you know, do they really want to confess to the the horrific extent of their incompetence? No, of course not. No, why confess to it when we can when we can quibble about it? And decide how much money you know which state gets, and make sure that only the states where all the white prisoners are dying the most are getting the money. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a state interference to to prevent you know prevent image from being tarnished right before the midterm. Not only that, but there's there's no money in this. There's no money in this conversation. Right. Mm. There's there's no way that you can sensationalize this conversation. Yeah. Brittany Griner, and again, we're not assaulting her story. We're just comparing her story to what we're seeing taking place right here in our country. Her story 
can be sensationalized. It can be yeah. used as a, a marketing strategy, as a marketing ploy. Yeah. It can be you can't use these other things in that capacity. And also, a lot of people just don't give a fuck about these stories, man. And I, I think there's a large we a lot of people do not care about the suffering of others, particularly others who have committed some sort of act against someone else. We really don't care about those folks. We don't think those yeah. folks deserve, deserve justice. I think if we did a poll, and I actually was going to do this for, I'm taking a class on correctional counseling. And one of the things we're talking about this week is sex offenders. And it is fascinating the data and the views people have against sex offenders. It's, it's unbelievable. But yeah. one of the things that we learned in the class is that when it comes to people going to jail or prison, the average person does not care. The only people who typically care are the families and yeah, loved ones of those yeah. people who are incarcerated. Yeah, I think that's a perfect sentiment that you made about the sensationalizing or the marketing behind the marketing strategy behind Griner's situation versus these type of situations. You can turn Brittany Griner, American citizen, being locked up by Big Bad Russia into a story that can play across ESPN of all places. ESPN, MSNBC, yep. CNN. And like once again, I'm not saying that she deserves to be in jail. I'm oh, not no. saying she deserves any of the treatment that she's getting. And we want her to come home because we know what being if anybody knows what being <laughs> locked up is like, we understand what that looks like over on this end. But at the same time, we have we live in a country where once again, I think we lean more towards jail and the penal system being a place of punishment and not being a place of rehabilitation. So when you say that folks are dying in jail, like, okay, well, they committed a crime. It's just part Stop on the fucking jail. Yeah, them's the breaks. That's what happens. And it's sad to hear that because that could be your dad. That could be your mom. Tons of people go to jail for simple mistakes does not mean that they should die. Talk less of the egregious stories like um, what's um, young Broner and there was- Adrian, movie. I mean, not Khalif. Khalif. Khalif Broner, thank you. Browder. Browder, yep. who did nothing wrong, was picked up by police, thrown into prison, and spent several years there only to be released without charges and took his own life. And we're talking about people that were killed there. And he said, that and was one of the things in his, his first yeah. interviews when he came out, he was like, the number of people he saw either get killed and things, or just the number of atrocious things that happened to him, period, and that he witnessed is some of the trauma that led him to taking his own life. And it, you would think that since that took place, that things would change right. at Rikers, right? Nothing. It hasn't changed. They recently just had another case that was in the news where another young man actually committed suicide and the guards watched, yep. right? Watched, yep. refused to intercede to stop yep. this young man from harming himself. So it hasn't stopped. It hasn't changed. It hasn't gotten better. It hasn't improved. Because prison is not a medical facility. It's a, it's an industry. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a very profitable, sloppy industry. 
fascinating book for people to pick up too if you're interested it's called discipline and prison i'm sorry discipline and punishment the birth of prisons discipline and punishment the birth of prisons and it will break it breaks it down how prisons were birthed and what you will be absolutely surprised and shocked at is its religious connection very very strong religious connections to prisons and the way that they have developed over the years fascinating and horrendous read at the same time yeah 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 and we're talking about though what elgin's referring to we're talking about county jails which is as he's ex- as he's described is the, the first time before, bucket, you, go to, yeah, before you go bucket. to prison but it, there it is the conditions in some of these places have gotten so bad that there are movements across the country where they are trying to shut, shut them these down. facilities down because so many people have either died been injured negligence all of these things like rikers for example there's a huge movement to try and get rikers to get closed down oh yeah yeah that's been mm-hmm. going on for a while yeah and they, they, they it, it, it looks like yeah, it might happen oh no I, I, well, I heard a murder might happen not with your boy adams no, you know what's going to happen? I can see it with with Adams and with with the current governor. Now they'll close down Rikers and build something else up in its place. It just might take six, seven years to do the facility and do it. It's just that I I, I honestly don't see them not coming up with another plan. Mm-hmm. Another place, just to like you said, another the building of jails, man. The building of jails and prisons. That's big, big money, business. baby. Big business. You get those contracts, man. God, Bruh. damn. That changes your Bruh. whole community for years. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And they and they, they market it that way on purpose. Oh, Let's yeah. build this prison in your backyard. It's going to bring jobs. It's going to bring it a does. ton of jobs. <sighs> anyway. Crush, what we got next, man? Well, I found an interesting article uh, talking about how Black Americans are fleeing democratic cities and reversing the Great Migration. Uh, according to a book by uh, demographer William Frey, uh, there have been many claims that uh, younger families and retirees are seeking to take advantage of better economic conditions in safe neighborhoods. And to the end, they've been heading south. Uh, but in 2015-2019, uh, those cities received the most black, the most black migrants were Atlanta, Dallas, and Houston. However, the Washington Post conducted a series of interviews of Black Americans, Georgia, North Carolina, Texas, who have relocated from the North in recent decades. Like many of those who uh, moved, uh, they moved for a new job in hand, and the men's Black families made the move south to seek affordable housing. But the reversal appears to be a part of a paradigm shift in which families are fleeing blue states in favor of red states. Like Black Americans, the rest of the country is relocated. But uh, for African Americans in particular, it represents an interesting development given the racist history of the South. So, uh, what do you guys think? Go ahead, oh. The East Coast, all drugs, all drugs aside, the coasts are overpopulated. I think that's what it boils down to. It's overpopulated. It's hard to. And what's the effects of that overpopulation? The, the effects of overpopulation ultimately is ha- find, finding it hard to find jobs, 
housing and all those things that are associated with living on the east and west coast. So I, I can honestly, I can 100% overstand why folks are running to the south. I had a homeboy of mine talking to him about purchasing a home. And I showed him some of the homes that I was looking at. And I showed him our current home. And I told him how much we paid for our home. He said, dude, I, I could have bought that for 70K here in Georgia when you guys bought it. On the mm-hmm. East Coast, we just talked about it not the other day, that prices of rent has risen over $2,000 across the East Coast for the first time ever. Like the almost the average cost for living in uh, for renting an apartment is over two thousand dollars. I mean, I I, I, have, I have relatives who have moved to moved to Texas and bought homes for between uh, seventy and ninety k, and marinate and and will marinate there for five years, rent the home out, come back home. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's the cost of. Come on, man. Say it. Say it. Say it. Come on. <laughs> Say it. I don't know what you're waiting on. I'm, I'm, no, I'm. I'm. I'm no, come no, to the dark I'm, side. I'm, I'm, come no, to I'm, the dark I'm gonna, side. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold my thoughts. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Come, go ahead. You're not gonna come to the dark side. It's fucking capitalism, man. This is fucking monster that is driving. This is. A, this is. It's a cycle. It happens every certain number of years where people will get to an area, attempt to settle in and do the thing and try to live and they face all of these societal capitalistic difficulties and they have to move to a new area to try to do it again so that's the reason why so many people are moving now it is a a a population component but it's a population component from a capitalistic standpoint where you have more people competing for the same thing you have more people competing for not for same resources competing for jobs competing for apartments competing for all these things so they're going to these areas where they think those resources are plentiful but what they it's a rat race they're hoping to get there first right because what's ultimately going to happen is what that place where everybody has migrated to all the cheese is going to be gone yeah. all the cheese is going to be gone all the cheese is going to be gone man. and all the cheese is going to be gone by the time they get there you know factions have already been set up and then even though you're qualified and you're and you have the and you have the money, you know, you're not from here. We we we're we're here. And, you know, and this is black people saying this other black people. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I'm yeah. talking about Atlanta for if I want to be frank. Uh yeah, definitely have, yeah. they definitely have a thing about graduates coming down there from out of town with their with their you know with their New York attitude sticking to this when you get a job. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, outside of even just making the social and cultural change that it takes to move from the East Coast to the South, right? Yeah. The the article came out, I think, at the beginning of this year that said it takes $110,000, an annual salary of $110,000 to, do to, live, comfort- to live comfortably here comfortably. in the D.C., Delaware, Philadelphia, New York corridor. And the range, and they said that $110,000 because I think the range was like in DC it was 106 to Philly. Then in like in Philly proper, you got to make like 102 or some thousand to like to like live uh, comfortably. Absolutely. And God forbid you, God forbid you go to New York. 
you're going to get a closet and you're still going to be paying $12,000, like literally a closet, and you'll be paying $12,000 for, for rent. I said $12,000, $1,200 for rent. And that's and again, when we think about this conversation, we're thinking about people who have means to relocate to move. People who have the ability to do such a thing. What about the people who can't do that? Who mm-hmm. can't move? Who are right? left behind and they have who to are left the rising behind, costs. They have to move the rising costs. The, rising costs, the yeah. gentrification. Yes, sir. Which yes, sir. with gentrification brings what? Additional police presence. Yeah. You know, yep. All of these yep. things. So it's it's a societal component that I think is so understated so when we have these conversations oftentimes people only talk about the you know where they're moving to so they're moving to a man wall the black yeah wow well, but like no yeah. no no it's another it's side of, to this coin man but, but, you, but your grandma is still here it's and actually, affordable housing is not allowing her yeah, here and she's still yeah, it's, it's, it's actually it's actually pretty insidious you know in, it in, is. in, a, in a lot of ways you know because you're you're, you're watching all the societal change around you and if you're not ready, it will like literally roll over you. You're suddenly yeah. homeless. You're suddenly homeless you, with a job. Talking about the, you talking about the marketing almost, aspect almost, of it, right? Almost, almost yeah. with a job. Yeah, these these cities and, are and, marketing. They are marketing. They are spending millions of dollars to market their city to other cities to get people to move. Come here, Charlotte man. was notorious for doing it. Houston's been notorious for doing it. Atlanta's Atlanta, Virginia's. I mean, don't forget they just built the fucking the whole debate of Amazon coming into one of these. Remember, there was a whole yeah. bidding war. What city is Amazon going to build his whole his big depot in and all that other stuff? To- yeah, cities. Yeah, cities are definitely in a rush to increase and secure their populations. So when they're in a rush to get people to move there, remember the other side of that coin. They're also in a rush to move people. It was out. out. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a a, a quick example, man. It, it it it's a killer. It's simple, but it, it it I think it speaks to the transition of how things work. Right. Back in the early two thousands, there's something in the Bronx and in uh in the Bronx that was called it's called chopped cheese. Everyone now has a chopped cheese, but it, it originated in the Bronx and in New York. You could go to the local bodega and get a chopped cheese for like two dollars. A chopped cheese in New York Tell now, them. anywhere is damn near close to ten dollars. Ten dollars for a chopped cheese, my guy. Because ten dollars outside Tell of the fact that there's gentrification, now you see these like shops pop up and they're like, okay, the little white chick that puts the uh, pumpkin spice on her latte likes chopped cheese. I know that she can afford six dollars. Yep. Then you got the specialties. It's like okay, well, it's not just a chopped cheese. It's a a, a limited. T- I'm just giving you examples. It's like yeah, oh, we, it's a limited time special chopped cheese, cheese on this joint of vegan bread. Yeah. On, bri- on brioche. On the bread. Yeah, yeah, so man. here here we are, and don't forget, you still have these local people that were using this as affordability. How to to, to live. To, and now they can't even afford something. Now they the can't afford things. it. Yeah. Yo, I'm telling you, man, the game is treacherous out this joint, yeah, man. It is, man. It is. It's, and it's all connected. It's all intertwined, man. It's a monster and it's heartbreaking because, again, folks are still being evicted from their cribs. People are still being laid off from their jobs. People are still having difficulties finding jobs. 
You got monkeypox. You got COVID. Yo, the world is fucking bananas, bro. True. But hey, now thank you, you guys you, for showing up to the end of Black you, Podcast. I was, about, I was about to say, you just made, you just made me so depressed right now. <laughs> yeah. This had to be one of the, this had to be one of the heaviest episodes in a while, man. There were no, there were there, there was no white shit at all tonight. Yeah, yeah, you got no white people to talk about. I mean, yeah, you got no, no I, white people. I literally, there was no white shit. It was dark. Ten dollar chopped cheese and monkey pox. Like what the fuck? It was real depressing tonight, man. I, I don't know what's worse either, bro. The monkey pox or the ten dollar <laughs> cheese? Ten dollar chopped cheese. Yo, hey, ten dollar chopped cheese. You want to put that in the episode title, man? Ten dollar chopped cheese versus monkey pox. <laughs> versus, versus monkey pox. I think that is. Yeah, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What would Jesus do? What are you gonna do? What would Jesus do? You motherfuckers, man. Yes, right about now is a time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. Crush, what's up, man? Uh, not much. I just want everyone to, uh, you know, do your own eyes checking. Uh, please take stock of your emotional and mental health at this time. Um, we're about to go into another election phase of sorts, even though it's kind of minor to some, it'll be major to others. Um, there's a lot of things to be uh, to be on, on the watch out for now. Um, so please uh, you know, be mindful of your health and and be mindful of your health of uh, the people you love and uh, your general community. No doubt. Oh man, what's up, man? Listen, man. I just want folks to take care of themselves. Uh, I know that we joked earlier about you know. My Twitter hashtag, your you know, your mama's favorite your mama's villain. Favorite villain. <laughs> but I, I, I stand by the sentiment behind it that sometimes choosing you will make you the villain in someone else's story. That's a story. You're right about sure. that. You sure. being the hero in your own will make you a villain. And, and sometimes, bro, say hi to the bad guy. You just got it, you gotta do what is necessary to make sure that you are in a healthy place and in a world that is so heavy on self-care choosing you is not too often talked about so i encourage you folks who do the self-reflection and the self-examination to decide man what is what is necessary here for me to choose me mm. appreciate that man <sighs> what's up for me this week is essentially what you guys have already said man about living my your best life i will tell you that i am one that does not take vacations if i'm going to take off from work it's typically a staycation just to take a breather away from work and it's been like that for me for oh, almost since my whole working adult life to be very honest with you unless i was literally traveling overseas i wasn't taking a vacation but I had a friend of mine that passed away recently from uh, pancreatic cancer. And in the process, he was looking to take his family on a trip to go to Poland and he didn't make it. He passed away. But when I talked to his wife, we had a conversation. It's like, well, you know, the one thing she's going to miss about her husband most of anything is how much he was willing to live life go everywhere and anywhere. He refused to allow his life to go by 
and say that he didn't do something and not say that he didn't enjoy it or to wake up and be 60 years old and be like, what happened? How did I spend those last 20, 30 years? Facts. And I woke up, I'll tell you, like, it, it struck me like a bolt of lightning. Like, you know, sometimes have you, either one of you ever had an epiphany? It doesn't matter what it was about that you know that you needed to know this for a while and it didn't it didn't hit you and then one morning someone just said bow and you're like yeah. god damn yeah like like a tyson jab yeah yep. and all of a sudden <laughs> it was just so fucking clear and like oh that's the, I, that's the way i woke up i think at the end of last year that i was like fuck it i'm going to live my life it doesn't that's, matter what it doesn't matter what it costs. I'm going to do that's it. That's what that's what's really important, man. More than yeah. career, more yeah, than bro. career, more and, than and all the money, shit. all the yeah. money, and all the accolades and the awards mean no yep. shit. Because you cannot the job enjoy that. It's going to be there, man. The job it's always going to be there. The, the bill is always yeah. going to be there. Yep. Embrace the villain, bro. Embrace the villain. I'm telling you, baby. I'm I'm not going to tell. Listen, for the for the first time ever, I went to a in March. Oh God. For the first time Please. ever I went to be something positive. Be something positive. Listen, be something don't positive. Be a, don't Go be ahead. an asshole. For the first time ever <laughs> I went to a I went to a professional basketball game. For the first time what? ever in my life I went to a professional what? basketball game. Really? An NBA game? Yes really? sir. First time. Oh, and I listen, I'm I'm, I'm I'm tell, I'm telling you and this is this is why I say that it hit me. And when I when I was doing it, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy tickets. And my wife was like, yeah, 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 we can buy these tickets. And, and you looked you know, at the tickets and second guess yourself. I, like, I looked at the, I looked at the t- first tickets and I was like, nah, I don't want to do blah. And I started coming up with these excuses. And you guys already Jesus. know how I am about my social ex- anxiety. Oh, God, shit. Yes. Jesus. But then, like I said, I took a deep breath. I took a step back and I got damp. Listen, I'm, I'm going to, I was literally two seats behind the press at the game that I paid bad, the for. Not bad, not bad. To tell you how much I spent on the tickets. And my wife, when, I, when she saw, she's like, how much did you pay for these tickets? I was like, <laughs> I said, I said, listen, because she was looking at me like, what, what did you, what did you do? Maybe you're going overboard. I said, nah, I've been not living my life for too long, man. If I'm going to go, I'm going to enjoy myself and I'll be damned. These Cards will be here when I when I die. My debt will be there. They can take these cards and shove it up their ass. But I'm going to live my life and enjoy myself. And I literally have planned vacation and event, vacation and event, vacation and event since then. Because I was like, no, nah, I got, I got to, I got to live my life, man. Wait, Listen, like, man. What's left? In full sincerity, I, as your friend, am incredibly proud of you for making this decision. Like, because I don't want anyone to overlook it or to gloss over how huge a decision and shift in personality and perspective that that was for you. So, dude, like, bro, round of applause and kudos to you. I can't even tell you how hard it is. I can't even tell you how hard it was. Listen, I'm so happy for you. I'm gonna uh, I'm a, I'm a break. I'm sad for your wife, but I'm so I, happy listen, for you. I'm, you see, I'm gonna I'm 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 tell you, we, my wife, mm, mm, mm. we went to we went to Vegas in went to Vegas five years ago. No, more than five years ago. 
for our going to be 15 yeah well it was five years ago for our 10th wedding anniversary okay and she paid for the ticket she paid for everything because i knew left up to me because i was in that mode that if it was left up to me i wouldn't have done it Mm. i would have looked at the costs i would have looked at all that other stuff and been like Nah, nigga, let's just let's just go to Ocean City or something like that. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have done it. You know what I mean? But then this year, for we're going back, you guys know, going back for our 15th year anniversary. I'm going next week, actually. No, the week following. And I bought the tickets. I paid for the entire package. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. Nah, where anybody taking it like that? Yeah, not trying to pat myself on the back, but I'm I'm, I'll just say I'm flying very comfortably. And my wife's like, are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, listen, you you complained this oh, these past 15 years about how I wasn't doing it. Now I'm in the mode. And I'm like, nah, dog. I've seen too many people die happy. And I haven't done shit. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be one of those people that's like, okay, where where did everything go? Nah, my guy. Good for you, man. So, I'm proud. Treat of you. yourself well, man. Treat yourself well. Live your life. Live your life. Don't be afraid of it, Good man. Shit. It takes a lot of people a long time to realize it. Where can people find you, L, if they want to find you? Man. <laughs> Tell them. Just on Twitter, man. That's where I'm hanging out these days, periodically, your man. House yeah. Her. Uh, at Elgin Bailey on Twitter. Uh, come through, man. Don't be afraid. Uh, I, I know I said it earlier, but he's he's really not a Russian bot. <laughs> Crush! Make a match! Maybe. <laughs> Y'all can, uh, as usual, find me uh, on Instagram at SP Methods, S P A V T O B S, or at the Orange Crush with a K. No doubt. And I'm Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore In the Black. And I want to thank you guys for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick it with us and we appreciate it. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Check out past episodes of our show at www.intheblackpodcast.com. And come on over to our Patreon. Join the family. You will never regret it but as always until next time informed intelligent in the black in the black peace peace this is this is in the black podcast in the black bro Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. I like what up? I black Listen, in the black podcast, they all lied. It's all facts. You don't like that? The fault fact. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't wrong. The whole whack. intelligent elements always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Rest in them, my excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up, bro, man, a specialist. No other podcast broadcast, yo.
this Like said them a cheat Who no do it so effortless I listen them I learn When them listen them I benefit Reporting current event Everything that is prevalent This is so exquisite A scientific experiment Giving you the news Not views without evidence Telling you the truth Sentiments without embellishments Relax these are the facts Bringing them to your residence In your house or your tenement Listen to hear intelligence Body filled with melanin Power that's so unsettling Bright in the stars Bringing some light Back to the desolate in the black podcast, that your land is all facts. You don't like that before. In the black podcast, they fucked up. Who looks like watch black up in your chat? Me can't flop. In the black podcast, that your land is all facts. You don't like that before. In the black podcast, we all lost. The whole of them can't none of them can't trust. Yes, just like that this is